Hey everybody, Dixon here with a quick content warning. Uh, we're talking about the Fifty Shades of Grey series, so it gets a little dicey. These episodes involve explicit description of sex and BDSM, discussion of emotional, verbal, and physical violence, and sexual violence and sexual assault. If uh, these aren't things you're trying to hear about right now, completely understandably, uh, maybe skip this mini-series or proceed with caution. Otherwise, hope you enjoy our discussion of these weird fucking movies. gave up on on you know the stress of it all i kind of let stressful things stop affecting me and i kind of learned to just kind of like just kind of go with it and to kind of turn around bend over show my ass and say Mm -hmm. movie have at it (laughs) i at a certain point i just had to flip over and and show hole and say hey i don't give a fuck go to Mm -hmm. town at a certain point the film just handed me a couple of benoit balls explained what they were for and i said okay (laughs) you tepidly put it in and just go to the ball you know christian christian (laughs) stop christian (laughs) i miss her what are these balls for? Kristen, what are these balls for? <laughs> Take me to the red room. Take me to the red room. <laughs> I miss both Bridget. of your different Bridget impressions. Wow. Oh my god, Kristen, you got you got me a box full of Apple products. I love Apple products. <laughs> How c- I don't want your $24,000. Let's not talk about it in the next scene, though. <laughs> One thing you can say about this movie for sure is that it happens. <laughs> this movie does occur. I'll go a bit further. Oh. This movie happened to me, and I... <laughs> I had fun watching it. <laughs> I kind of did too. I kind of did too. I kind of like it. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you have to enjoy the most boring (laughs) abuser of all time and just embrace the fact that he's put on a delicious, like, 15 to 30 pounds in this movie. (laughs) That's nice. Firstly, that's just a nice thing he did. Mm-hmm. And and then y- y- you watch it, <laughs> and you know I feel like this movie has the incredible combination of being both like completely vacuous yes. and really like fascinating, super boring, but also like kind of fun. 
asexual and sexual i don't know yeah. it just no, did I it all agree. there was just so much i can't even believe like there was a helicopter crash in the same movie as the proposal <laughs> I, there's a helicopter crash the one of the two leads of the movie is in a helicopter that crashes for some heretofore unknown reason just none <laughs> where are they going? That and the ramifications of it take up about eight minutes of screen time. No, and less it than is that. Never brought I up. I think again. less. Yeah. Right after that, they go to his birthday party. <laughs> you know what's? You know what's my favorite part of that like two and a half minute long plot detour? <laughs> you know what's my favorite part? Because listener, if you're not picturing. That, like, we see a plane crash, they see it on the news, and then minutes later, Christian walks through the door and you hear a studio audience cheer on their feet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the part that I am just fucking bewitched by is whatever Christian was doing with the helicopter. <laughs> you know, good billionaire stuff. What does Christian do? Good stuff. I don't, I'm not really sure, but he does good stuff. There is a there is a passenger. There is a woman that he's riding with. <laughs> and we don't find out for like the next like 20 minutes if, if she's if, okay. If she was okay. Like they at one point it's pretty late in the movie that he's like and oh by the way, my passenger was fine and we cut to her and she kind of nods thoughtfully at him. They don't give one fuck about the other person who was in for the helicopter sure. with him. No, like, not at all. Hey, wasn't there a lady in there? And they look over and they're like, um, oh yeah, she's good. Christian, oh my god, I'm so glad you're okay. What would America have done? What would have happened to the national character, the state of our union, if we had lost the CEO of Gray Enterprises Holdings? He's you like, could have died. He's like... If I lose her, I'll just buy another assistant. As he turns over a photo of his mother. <laughs> oh man! This is simply this is simply I can fix him porn. Yes. Like mm. there's no I think I mean that's just simply what it is. It's like a parading of one girl feeling incredibly special because the most emotionally repressed person gives her a crumb and then she marries him <laughs> and it's just like i don't know but i love dakota so much it's i do too and i think jamie gets a bit better this movie i was gonna say the same he he is much better in this i still I, yeah. think a bit wooden here and there but like there is way more chemistry in this and it actually feels like a relationship whereas the last one was just like a it was literally just mumbling about a contract, and I really didn't like that. He's, like, allowed to make jokes. The worst jokes you've ever heard. For sure. Oh, um, yeah. But they are still given with the the cadence and, <laughs> uh, like, relatability <laughs> of other human experiences you've had that might give you, perchance, to infer a humor. <laughs> My jaw dropped when he said the widow joke. The old sea widow, Becky? Are you talking about the old sea widow? Chris, <laughs> Christian, you're a riot. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, don't do that for another decade. <laughs> You know, this movie has a lot of, 
what what I've come to know as like robot humor. Like like anytime there's like a comedic relief character in say like a saving Christmas. You know what I mean? Remember remember when um what's his name? The other Christian. Um the 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 OG oh, yeah. dead horse Christian. <laughs> um when when he's doing like Judd Apatow riffs um that happens like all the time in this movie where someone will be like uh you call that chopping a pepper and someone goes uh less talky more choppy and you can you can really hear like like el james at her laptop being like oh who says i can't be relatable and funny in my human seat of dialogue who says i can't write human behavior I want a boy to direct it. (laughs) I get get this cunt out of it. (laughs) Sorry. No, hold on. But like, there's there's lots and lots of robot humor. But like, honestly, for for as much as Jamie and Dakota get to like perform behavior moments. It to to me like that's what maybe our that's, workplace is all about performing behavior moments. <laughs> oh, who says I can't write behavior moments for them to perform? Um, like okay, I think what is enjoyable about this movie is that it feels like so much more evil. Than, than the yes. first one does. It feels so much more banality of evil. Because it is trying to be relaxed, cutesy-poo, like, wealth porn rom-com. With occasional dalliances into... I'm mispronouncing that word. Forays into thriller. We will get back to that. <laughs> but all of this stuff that is really trying to play their relationship as like a plausible straightforward romance in a way that feels i i i don't want to get carried away using the word like normalize with like the stuff that this movie does because i feel like i feel like anyone could watch this movie and know that this is like brain damaged pee pee poo poo i don't i don't (laughs) think anyone's coming to this movie for like a behavioral instruction manual but the way they are trying to be more, like, offhand about, like, someone entering a romance with Christian is so much more scarier. I, I kind of miss how much more arch um, and, like, weirdly clinical the first one was. Because at least that felt like it had an awareness of, like, what was going on. But this movie has so much more, like... The, okay, the theme of the movie is Anna. It's it's a test to see how many red flags Anna can ignore before mm-hmm. she wins the prize. Okay, oh, yeah. before she wins the prize of never having to worry again. And there are all these moments where life will yell at her. Hey, he's a cult leader. Hey. Someone is, like, chopped up into parts in a box in a garage because of him. Um, And she's just like, oh, Christian, you had to distract me with your kinky fuckery. And, like, it it makes, I, I guess this one makes me, like, a lot more appreciative of what they could be doing in other movies. And why I need to check out, like, 
other movies that they're appearing in, why I should check out Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, where Jamie Dornan has, like, a, a straightforwardly funny performance in that movie. But, like, goddamn, this movie is so fucking evil and vapid and stupid and fucked up. And it's it's the best. It's great. It rocks. Well, that's that's the thing that, like... I hate to say this, but like kind of held me at a bit of a distance with the first one is that that like kind of awareness on the part of some authorial voice, like whether it's the direction, whether it's the contribution to the scripts that not E.L. James were able to make. There are these these moments where the movie seems like maybe it's not handling it the right way, but it at least has some grasp on the magnitude of the issues and questions that are being ineffectually interrogated. Yeah. So it it is like, what's happening? Like, all this seems wrong and icky. And should I be happy that this is going the way that it is? This one has no such moral qualms. Pretty much everything that Christian and Anna do is just sort of like those crazy kids. And they bring in two... They bring in outside forces to be... uh, (laughs) Oh boy, and are they ever handled... Um, noxiously. And boy, oh boy, are these forces outside. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree for the most part. I think the difference, though, in this, and also what makes Jamie's performance better, is that he does really... Fuck. (laughs) He does fuck hard. Um, He does really communicate that he actually cares for her. Now, my question is, I don't really know why the whole thing about this film... Sorry, she's crinkling paper really loud. <laughs> a cat. A cat is crinkling cat paper. cat is crinkling paper. She likes to lay only on the loudest things. Anyway, um, you know, the whole question is, like, why is she so special? I really don't know. You know, we are asked this question as an audience at gunpoint. Still not sure. But... Um, I do feel like his performance is more three-dimensional because whatever, I, I guess the book, in the book, he does he does micro change for her, right? Like, he gives her a vanilla relationship with, like, obviously, like, a billion caveats and, like, vi- like a lot of possessive, horrible energy. He literally buys the company she works for. It's so toxic. So he's, like, deeply toxic, but I was just so bored in the last movie with his just, like, like stiff-jawed, like like surgeon energy of like did you look at the contract like just shut the fuck up like that's not fun to watch (laughs) so i had more fun playing make-believe in this horrific relationship movie and allowed myself to pretend it was fine about a quarter of the way in dakota's hot dakota's hot jamie's jamie's really hot too like they're both hotter in this one than the last one i think so Mm -hmm. they let him have stubble that's so crucial for him. That is a big, yeah, no, that's It a actually, big. like, takes him, it takes him to another whole game for, I think. Did I say anything? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I agree with pretty much everything that you said. I just, this movie, it does stop trying to give a fuck. It is so much more openly cheesecake like it is it is so much more openly we are here to give you the goods 
Um, I mean, we we covered it very extensively on the last episode, but like the big, big, big differentiating factor, and we've kind of we've joked about it a little bit. Differentiating factor between Fifty Darker and Fifty Gray, the last movie, is that um, isn't that Fifty Freed? No, Fifty Freed is. The last. Oh, you mean the sorry last most recent? I yes, apologize. yes, yes, yes. I no, no, no. You're okay. Um, fuck this. Fuck you. Uh, I don't make love. I fuck. Uh, <laughs> I fuck. Um, this movie is made by um, a bunch of uh, subs um, that E.L. James had guns pointed at, and if they tried to make any kind of creative liberty or 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 depth or shading um, on this on this thing, uh, she would she would have them sent to the wall. Uh, she would have them lined up. She would have if if anyone tried to get in the way of the thing that uh, the, that she I mean the fans that uh, the fans want. Um, Universal Studios would have animal control uh, round them up in a cage and throw a book bomb at them. <laughs> and as a result, the one of the biggest losses that this movie has is that. Whoever whoever said what if this one had a structure um, was subsequently juiced. Okay? Can't do that. In they this. <laughs> there there is more of a sense of of consequence of life being lived of cause and effect in like strong bad emails than there are in this movie. There is it is like. It is sketch comedy with no jokes. Yeah. It's really something to behold. Like, the... We should, I guess, do a summary. Mm-hmm. How? How? Yeah. Also, yeah, welcome to Dead Horse, yeah, a podcast yeah, about yeah. under-discussed film franchises. The, uh, yeah, like I said, <laughs> under-discussed, the misbegotten, the overlong, the etc. Um, and we're talking about Fifty Shades Darker, the mm-hmm. middle mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of the uh, Fifty Shades movie trilogy of films <laughs> uh, of behavior performances. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie opens. We, we left the last movie with uh, Anna, <laughs> with Anna having rejected Christian um, once and for all for a few days. Um, and she goes to her friend and bad vibe haver of <laughs> Jose's photography show, where she is disconcerted to learn that about half of his gallery show is um, the pictures he took of Anna when she started senior year and told her, now a fun one. Um, really cannot stress enough how bad the photography being displayed here is they Um, are giving sears (laughs) they are it's going to getty images and typing out land with a question mark it's it's embarrassing um but christian's there they rekindle their relationship um, with a few, with less, no contracty behavior, they're keeping, they keep things a little bit more vanilla, um, but, you know, he's still exerting all sorts of awful controlling behavior, mostly financially. She works at a publishing house. Um, She's so called, brave. Like, 
She's so brave to work at Seattle Book Havers, Seattle Book Becomers. Um, and her new boss is a hot, sexy guy. But wait, he's... Careful. He is, be careful. Um, he is uh, in a scene that's handled very tastefully. He is a non-Christian man. He's, he's a man who is not Christian Gray. True. Could you imagine? Yeah, and those are all bad in this one. It's like sort of like when all the villains um, don't have i like they don't have iPhones in movies. Like that's him. He's a villain. (laughs) So he tries to assault her after Christian buys the company. She is immediately once he gets fired, the boss is she's immediately promoted from assistant to. Boss of the publishing company to CEO of Comcast. You know why? Her, her ideas said, are too good. She's a they're too good because you know what she wants to. She wants to get. <laughs> what if we She's, looked after the eighteen to twenty four demo? And a bunch of men look at each other and go, oh, 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 oh. "That's fucking crazy." And then That's she's like, "So crazy." It might this work. one's got eighty thousand hits. <laughs> Well, that's how you measure literature. <laughs> I love that there is a guy presumably in a position of power at this publishing firm who's like, we don't want more people to read our books. This is crazy. <laughs> he gets in a helicopter crash. Oh, wait. No, I almost. <laughs> so there's that plot point that I pretty much forgot. Another one is that <laughs> Anna is. Anna is stalked by uh, this woman who used to be a sub of Christians. Um, turns out that Christian only fucks women who look like his mother so he can punish them. <laughs> That's not Dixon, like, making a funny joke. Like, that is the plot of the movie. That's the plot like, of he, Fifty Shades Dark. He says that. Explicit. He literally just says it. <laughs> It is told and not shown. I cannot tell you how hard <laughs> they tell this about about this guy. Our hero. Oh. And then he's in a helicopter crash, and then it's his birthday. <laughs> birthday, P.S., huge plot point. <laughs> yeah. Birthday takes up about four times uh, more running time than when he crashes a helicopter in the Pacific Northwest wilderness. And then lastly, they get engaged. Yay! I'm so happy for them. Uh, oh, wait. And they fuck. They, they fuck. <laughs> um, but they also introduce um, the woman who oh, uh, statutory raped Christian. Yeah. Uh, when he was... A young man, and she is treated strangely by this film. <laughs> Literally, like she got the tiniest slap on the wrist in this movie. It's so weird how they dealt with this. It basically she's like Christian's like mentor. Anna hates her because she's protective of Christian. Christian's like sort of like defensive of her, and like Elena, the the rapist, is like. Sorry, I started to hear myself talk and then I forgot what I was saying. Oh, as she's like weirdly protective of Christian, like in protective and like possessive and it's like you're never going to make it and then uh, mm. Anna like throws a drink in her face and then and then Christian says, "Elena, you taught me to fuck. Anna taught me how to love." And then his mom <laughs> overhears all this, so then she comes up and slaps her in the face, which 
I really feel like she should have gotten more information. <laughs> <laughs> uh, played by the great Kim Basinger, by the way. Am I remembering that, like, everyone was taking turns slapping her? <laughs> like, I just kind of remembered her being, like, Kim Basinger is standing on, like, a lazy Susan. And, and is just, like, turning while everyone's like, you, you fucked my son. Slap. And Anna's like, he'll never love you the way he loves me. Slap. And then Kim Basinger is like, he can never love. He doesn't have the capacity to marry. He can only fuck. And then she slaps herself. And then she turns over to the to fucking Rita Ora. And, and, and then, yeah. And then uh, the Joker's like, now that's a woman. And <laughs> Prince starts playing. This was too, too many things for one film, for sure. And there's not a climax. Nothing. There's <laughs> no. for a movie about sex. There's absolutely no climax, and it's simply huh. just like a bunch of. It's like, a, a, like eight events that happen at a level four to six. Yeah, the the denouement, the like, all right, everybody, let's wind down. It's time <laughs> for the ending. Is when Christian Grey crashes his helicopter <laughs> in the Pacific Northwest. It really is like structurally fanfic in this way we're like yes one it could only happen this way from like weekly forum entries that are done that way because they like you you are you are it's not even serialized fiction it, it is like tune in next week but it is also like trying to get to like the top page and get like the most reactions but in this directionless way where it all has the structure of like and then and then and then they were fucking and then this girl came in and she was like he abused me and she was like being like a total bitch and so christian made her kneel and i was like what the hell and then i walked around and i was sad but then I came back and we <laughs> talked about it, and then we were fucking. And then I went back to work. The whole movie plays out at that, this, this like, herky-jerky, go-nowhere thing. And I, I, it really does feel like it keeps laying breadcrumbs that this is going to be some sort of thriller where Anna realizes how much danger she is in. I mean, we should we should say, like, I, I kept having this, like, we're watching, like, like a Honey 2, like, nutso-butso, ridiculous movie that you can just, like, get, like, just, like, take whippets and have a great time and just giggle at. But there will be these moments that, like, yank you back to Earth. And one of them is his former sub, Layla, who seems very, very scarred. Um, she, she's been stalking Anna for a while, and when she does finally meet Anna with a gun, um, one of the things that she says is, he lets you call him by his name. Master lets you sleep in his bed. Yeah. And and the the, the way the movie responds to it is like, this bitch needs to get locked up. Yeah, they're really like, well, she didn't, like, she doesn't, she doesn't see how he's changed. <laughs> That's like. she. She's in the psych ward 
to get the help that she needs. Yes! That's that's definitely what's going to be happening for her there. Yeah, no, they, that does help people. Um, it doesn't hurt them. Um, She's going to come out of it with a cool pair of socks, though. <laughs> This, it really is like how PJ was recounting it. It really is like when your best friend and you meet up for drinks and you haven't seen her in like a few months (laughs) and she's sort of relaying like how it's been going with her, the guy that she like constantly like vents to you about, but like she's just going up and down with like, yeah horrific thing but then Mm. we fixed it horrific thing but then we fixed it and you're just like well what if there wasn't a horrific thing to fix but like you have to pretend to be happy for her and you watch them fuck like that's what this movie is like (laughs) i we we all have that one friend where we watch them fuck no i think like this everybody's got that one friend (laughs) everyone's got an anna um everyone's got a christian gray uh, well, okay, but actually, I'm a total Mia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a total Layla. <laughs> Master lets you sleep in his bed. Um, <laughs> no, I think, in a weird way, I feel like, I kind of feel like everyone does know, like a, a Christian Grey, to the extent that, like, this actually, it it's not being honest with itself about it, but this does feel like it recreates the dynamics of, like, very unhealthy relationships that I've, like, watched people be in. That I've been in, personally. Oh, hell yeah. No, I mean, mean, me too. Mm -hmm. These these relationships were, like, something really, like, bad and, like, obviously shitty happens, and then a good thing happens. Like, uh, you know, the other person does something really nice or seems really understanding or you have a great day together or you have, you know, fucking makeup sex. And in your, in, in the head of someone who's like in that relationship, it's like, it cancels out yeah. the other stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching it accumulate in a narrative, what you're basically realizing is that this is the story of Anna relenting to more or less doing what Christian wanted, which is whether or not he is taking out sadism on on you, which he kind of is. Um, he's, he's kind of doing a lot of the things that were a deal breaker at the end of the last movie, but this time there's like a Taylor Swift song playing over it. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't give it that much credit. Yeah, <laughs> the song... They're playing the songs that play uh, during, like, the aerial footage transitions <laughs> during Jersey Shore. Yes. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what's playing during all of the sex it's scenes. It's fucking hot. Shut up. Some, some fucking, some, some halsey, some, I, honey, honey, I can't fuck yet. We aren't listening to anything produced by Jack Antonoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the slow process of Anna. <laughs> God, I hate him. Get away from Lord, you fuck! <laughs> I forgot. I, I don't, like, I refuse to learn who that guy is. Great. Great. <laughs> um, no, I will not be Googling. <laughs> oh, he just, he's, he, he looks like, what if Buddy Holly were, like, worse? 
Um, this movie is the slow process of Anna giving up all of her convictions, all of her boundaries, and just kind of slowly relenting to what Christian can offer her. Except I, I have no idea. We were, we were talking before about like, we don't know what Christian sees in, in Anna, which is a good point. I think the movie's answer to that would be that she sees through him. I think the movie's answer is that she sees the core of him. You know, Christian, you've got all these walls, but I heard you say that you do something, something Africa once. And that's how I know that your heart is bigger than you let on. But I don't know what the movie's fucking answer is about why she can't let go of him other than he has transactional power over her. and Which she, like, resents and then gives into constantly. And then gives into. And that he also has, one presumes, a spectacular cock. And, yeah. and other than that, other than, like... Which, I, I don't know. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough. But the movie treats it like there is something emotionally special within him that, as far as I can tell, is just, like, dick money and sweaters. Yeah. And I feel like, from watching it, what's special about him is that he adores her. I don't know why. I mean, she's not, like, completely... I mean, she is pretty boring. But, like, you know, she does, like challenge him here and there and she does like you know give the essence of independence here and there yeah like and and obviously that's like nice and stuff but i feel like in this it's it's i remember in the first film she was almost like playful about even getting together with him like it was very low stakes for her in this really interesting way um, where she was just, like, fucking around with a billionaire, like, I don't know, see what happens. Turns out he's really mm-hmm. fucking into her and can, like, buy her cars out of nowhere. I feel like she just likes being liked, and he must have an incredible dick. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like a combination of all of them because it, mixed with the challenge of can I fix him, and the answer yeah, is yeah. no, but he does want to hurt you because you look like his mom. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think... Oh my god, Becky, so many fucking amazing things that you said there. I feel like, yeah, in the in the last movie, it really did feel like this was someone who's like, well, you know, I don't know, this seems kind of hot, like, let's, let's see where this goes. This movie really is positioning itself as being like, like a capital R romance. Yeah. About, about mm-hmm. like, a, like a relationship that's taking place there, and like, on, like in in the last episode, I was kind of hand wringing about like this is th- this was made for people to masturbate to. Maybe I shouldn't be reading too much into it. Except that this movie is constructed to demand you to read that much into it, and it can't ha- it can't do that because no character, least of all Christian Grey, has like a coherent psychology to hang anything on but one of the 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 freakiest ways that this movie doesn't hang together or like says one thing and does another almost like a manipulative partner is that like and and this is this is the thing that actually kind of like got under my skin and made me like like doomer chuckle about about how evil this movie is 
is what you were saying about essence of independence is like I I, I, I read it on on the last episode if 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 whoever edited that episode had any good sense we cut the whole thing out but Matt Christman of Chapo Trap House posted a really interesting letterbox review where he draws this metaphor of like Anna and Christian is this like fantasy enactment of the neoliberal subject with capital and that there is this illusion of consent. Right. It allows you to feel as though you have consented into something so that you can feel better about being owned in this relationship where you do not have agency. That's and actually so sick. Having no agency is fucking sick. It's ill. <laughs> it's, it's fucking... <laughs> Christian Paul me Apple products. Um, <laughs> this this movie is about giving. It's it's like they'd heard all of the critiques of the first movie, and they wanted to build in some sort of response to it, almost by E. L. James saying like, oh, "I see, she makes decisions for herself. Look, look, they're communicating." But she, but they're they're not communicating. They're giving Dakota Johnson a lot of like smart sounding things to say to make it to make it feel as though they're communicating. She's challenging him. Uh, she's drawing her own boundaries. One of the key examples being the 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 rare instance where Christian's possessive instinct actually seems like he's onto something. He's like, "Hey, my um my nightmare cult detectives that I have." <laughs> follow every detail about your life and every woman that I abuse. <laughs> they found out that um, your boss is on like ratemyrapist.com and he has like <laughs> he has he has like a like a five flag rating on here. And she's like, you don't think I can handle myself? Yeah, she's <laughs> You don't think I can take care of myself? And Christian's like I know that you are an independent woman and you can do anything that you believe in so that they can set up a situation for him to save her from. They really mm -hmm. don't... Oh, that's so good, Peach. They really don't ever let her utilize these newfound resources in any good way. No. Like, like that is a good time to know that intel about your boss. Getting $24,000 wired to your bank account is a great time to open a Roth IRA account. Like, there's so many ways to utilize all this money, but instead she, like, gives the affectation of rejecting it and then still succumbs to it anyway, so she doesn't reap any of the benefits. He fucks her stupid, though. I mean, good yeah, for her. Yeah, and... Into next week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually, like, kind of tame. It's like two people in love fucking pretending to each other that this is like really really like crazy bdsm and really like she just can't see yeah that's most of it the the sex in and of itself is basically like he introduces some kind of like hot new sexy toy thing bdsm mechanic into whatever scene they're um, about to do, and then it's like kind of abandoned after like a few seconds of thrusting. Back like, to missionary, they unlock baby. It or, like, yeah, back to back to <laughs> passionate missionary. Back it's, to passionate pants on sex. It's definitely not the sex of someone who is a sadist and has a room like that. 
which does say maybe he did change in this way, but he still like bought the company you work for, so that's scary. But at least he fucks you nice and vanilla with a <laughs> hint of scary. Like it just feels like it just really is like the perfect film for like a 47 year old woman who like doesn't like her husband anymore like i'm sorry it just it really just feels like a like a fun fantasy that is almost it's not darker i think the first one is darker than this one i think this one Mm -hmm. plays it like a rom-com well no com like a rom (laughs) (laughs) just straight rom just a hard rom what do you mean there's Ooh, no comedy? Hard rom. That hard rock. I think I almost like it too because, but I feel like I almost like this one more as well because it's almost like judging really well made softcore porn versus yeah. the last one we're literally judging a movie. Yeah. You know? No, that's a great way of putting so it. So it's like, I totally think this was great for that. And then the last one was like, well, that wasn't a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, I cannot imagine how um, spineless what they had to adapt was. Like, I really gotta g- at least skim the whole of these books before we do our next episode. Because I can only suppose that the middle entry in these three books, like, it, if... It's gotta the be series- crazy. <laughs> If this series of events um, is anything like the one that that takes place in this film, like, having that down on a page, I think would, like, make my brain start dribbling out of my ears. I agree. (laughs) I I honestly can't imagine. If it's anything close to what happened, it would feel just as disjointed, I think, as watching this movie because they just. My inner goddess was sad that my boyfriend crashed his helicopter. <laughs> she did not like that at all. She actually was a little sad and worried that he died forever. <laughs> Queen. When when his ex pointed a gun at me, my inner goddess said, "Uh oh, what have you gotten yourself into now?" <laughs> yeah, when my when when my boyfriend's ex pointed a gun at me, I said, "Time for a little walk of independence." <laughs> Time for a little walk. I'm gonna solve this one on the streets of Seattle. <laughs> But I'm so thankful to be dating Seattle's hottest eligible bachelor. <laughs> I love Seattle as like the place so much. I know it's so funny. I want her to go I want her to go to like a Fraser filming location or something. <laughs> <laughs> I want her inner goddess to see the chair that Eddie sat on. <laughs> Anywhere how is everything? Did I miss a lot of episode? No, a we minute, were just... riff. <laughs> I th- you you missed our all time hottest dead horse riff. Yeah, <laughs> you missed Seattle's hottest riff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners, a little podcast trivia for you. My car right now is at forty sixty two Glenwood Avenue, and oh. just as Samuel Alito lives at. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um uh, I have to say this: Have you ever had it? 
the instance where you can't tell if someone's cooking like really good chicken or your pet just took a shit like you know (laughs) when it's like you can't tell which way it is because it's not strong enough yeah do you know what i'm saying i don't know if it's like my neighbors did something good or if my or if d did something bad (laughs) (laughs) becky i don't know if you know this but you're treading dangerously close to a riff in austin powers gold number (laughs) that fat bastard (laughs) i didn't i didn't know (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm always i'm always getting them confused too is is the thing they just have so much in common (laughs) my my ultimate like inspo so perfect yeah let's uh, everybody on three do their favorite impression from (laughs) (laughs) remember that time that i like dixon you were introducing becky and i for the first time on like a um let's do a movie podcast like kind of like interest call um and it was so sweet actually uh i saw becky and like the first thing she said to me was get in my valley and i it was so it was so sweet it was so random i was just like ah like like this girl's kind of (laughs) off yeah because it was over the phone so there's no way that they could even do that they couldn't even get in my belly like we weren't even in the same state jesus where did we leave off about this movie well, they were figuring out whether they wanted to shag now or shag. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so many events. So many. That are, so many events that are like. <laughs> that's how I feel about I this I can't movies. help but zoom out because I'm like, well, then it would take like five hours to talk about each one. <laughs> yeah. Like if we spent the. Um, amount of time necessary to fully dissect every aspect of the scene where uh, Kim Basinger gets uh, slapped in like a, a next generation Klingon gauntlet of people she's aggrieved over the course of her life. We'd be here for hours. Justice for Elena. Justice for Jack. I'm team Jack. No. Yeah, no. Definitely they're the two most evil people in the movie. <laughs> they're they're terrible, horrible. They go to heck forever. Oh, I'm I think I think that uh Jack and Elena might team up. That's what I'm thinking. This movie very... gives gives that energy. 100 percent yeah the very last shot of this film it's after their combination birthday engagement party (laughs) jack is on a hill near the mansion smoking a cigarette in a leather jacket (laughs) because el james knows what's scary (laughs) he's he's like got green day eyeliner on He's burning a cigarette through Christian's family photo, which, by the way, is not a billionaire's photo at all. No. Mm-mm. It's, like, very much, like, a, a lower middle class, like, family photo that, like, the family gets done by a family friend. Just saying. And it looks like young Christian. I think they just got a picture of a young Jamie Dornan <laughs> and put it in there, but, like, he looks like... Uh, you know when you would when you were in middle school and you went to Air Apostle and pretended you liked how it smelled. Um, that's 
That's the vibe she's giving off. I don't want justice for Elena. I just need to say that. I love I love Dark Jack because like if you were if you were doing if you were doing a like an arc like or like a cartoon youth pastor like went bad for an episode. He's like I'm Dark Jack. I smoke now. I, it's it's like Stefan Urkel. <laughs> like that's the level of evil we're dealing with. Is like, yeah. you know, something about Elena. I have to assume that Elena is like in the books because if I if I didn't, otherwise I would be like, it's not nice of El James to subtweet Sam Taylor Johnson like this. Oh my god, true. <laughs> no, I feel like it is in the book, but like. Maybe that's why it's portrayed like almost neutrally. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like Christian like is very defensive of her for like the first movie and a half of the franchise, and mm. I don't know. Maybe that's like kind of why because she's like it's gray. <laughs> like I don't know. I mean, we, it's like we sh- no, bitch. He was 15. Like I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, and he will too. When <sighs> Anna teaches him <laughs> how to love, how, how to love. love, how to stop having fetishes and kinks like a bad person. How to love? Keeping all of it. <laughs> Make it the theme song. Anna's like at his birthday party. She's like. <laughs> I actually have a go-to <laughs> for karaoke. <laughs> sweat, baby, sweat, baby, sexy, me, and we'll do the kind of stuff that only Prince would sing about. So put your hands down my pants, and I'll bet you'll feel nuts. Yes, I'm Siskel. Yes, I'm Ebert, and you're getting two thumbs up. <laughs> and then it's- she's like, I love Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to light the music. It's time to light the lights. It's time to get things started on the Muppet Show tonight. Um, yeah, look, every and I said, "Hey, man, nice shot." In the not too distant future, next Sunday, AD, there was a tequila. <laughs> look. I think the Simpsons. <laughs> I feel like the things that happen in this movie, and anytime we're trying to like answer why does this happen to Anna, why does Christian feel this way about her, the reason that's happening is because the protagonist is me. The protagonist is me reading this book right now. With my inner goddess, mm-hmm. okay, and the girl who's reading this. <laughs> <laughs> this really is the fantasy that like happens like after your husband clears their phlegmy throat, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if he gave me twenty four thousand pounds right now? <laughs> I think I, I said something about having a huge problem with the production design of the last one. Like, it made the home spaces too warm, and it made Christian spaces also too, like, warm and welcoming, and it didn't do anything to 
you know, make clear any kind of a difference in the spaces in terms of how you and Anna were supposed to feel about them. And this movie addresses that problem by having no place mean anything. Yeah. (laughs) It is a, like, everything has the same sort of, like, meaning flat affect and meaning yeah there's really no conclusions to be drawn about anything visually her apartment feels just as safe and neutral as his apartment and they're like vastly different like socio-economical systems and they feel the same yeah seattle's youngest billionaires which they specify. I don't know how many billionaires are in Seattle. Probably a few, but like you could just say Seattle billionaire crashed his helicopter. Yeah, I don't know. we would know which one probably. Was it sabotage? Do you think? It doesn't matter. We don't have to know. <laughs> that didn't happen for a single fucking reason. I guarantee you that's going to be an element in the next one. I <laughs> I guarantee you. I guarantee it won't be. It's literally. <laughs> just a blip it's just a reason for her to pretend that's why she's saying yes even though she bought the keychain weeks ago what if it's all like a prequel in that moment what if it's a whole movie just about the yellow jackets uh shit that he and um mrs woman had (laughs) does she is she named am i forgetting her name the assistant that he crashes ross Wow. Um, Unbelievable that I knew that. It's just because I finished it an hour ago. PJ, I wanted to ask, um, I'm not sure if uh, this is the movie where you want to get your thoughts out there about this or if you want to wait until Freed and you have a little bit more of like a summation, but uh, Danny Elfman does the score for all three of these bad boys, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How, like, what are your, what's your takes on Mr. Elfman's work here? Because I... It's, like, kind of not there, right? Like, I don't really remember a snatch of score that wasn't um, the uh, from from the bin of dollar CDs that uh, VH1 grabs all of their things from. What did you think of his score, first of all? I feel like there were a couple of small moments in the first one where I noticed that there was a score and i also noticed like a like a hint of play like a bit of like okay this is actually somebody trying to express uh, a character or a state of mind or some kind of anything through music but like this one seemed pretty wall to wall uh needle drops right yeah this one this one has like a lot of like top 40 pop stuff carrying so much weight for these scenes um that's it also feels like all of the sex scenes have kind of been made with the assumption that they're going to edit it to a pop song later and and that's what's going to make it pass by um the the pop songs have a lot more like work to do in this one uh than they did in the last one and i think that's what makes this movie feel like so much more corporate uh than than even the first one did in like a in like a sinister way i would say not mm-hmm. in in like a it makes it feel more like a product in in a way that for me anyway than like than the last movie did um 
you know, if if we were doing this this stuff like a year ago, I would have used this as like an opportunity to like go on a whole thing about like who Danny Elfman is and what he's about. Um, but he is one of the rare like movie composers that really does like need no introduction. I mean, he transitioned from being in a really offbeat, cool '80s rock band to being one of the most distinctive, voicey, trend-setting film composers of ever. Um, into you know, he got into this place where he started diversifying his palette and doing a lot more interesting kinds of movies in. The 90s, he he enters into my favorite era for him when he starts doing dramas for Gus Van Sant, among other people. Um, that's that's his Men in Black, Spider-Man, Planet of the Apes stretch where I, he's doing stuff that I really love. And then sometime after that, he becomes like very strictly like one of those composers where it's like, OK, we got a turd on our hands. Call in the specialist. Call in, call in like the workman who knows how to make this thing work because he just, he just understands things at this point about how music can stitch a movie together. And I think his, um, his scores for these movies, I think are appropriate. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what else he could be doing for these movies other than exactly what he is doing. Um, which is, you know, it feels like very little. Um, it feels very impersonal. It feels very workmanlike. It feels very, um, I don't know. The, the first one had this quality of this, like, uh, precise, uh, clinical, sexual, erotic, but never romantic or emotional. Um, kind of aesthetics that feel like they fit like the cold marble of all of these rooms that Christian Grey likes to fall <laughs> hard in. Um, and I, I, I think I think he, or probably more accurately, the many many music assistants who are now working for Danny Elfman Incorporated. Um, I think they are doing what is most appropriate for for any given scene, but like. Yeah, this this was one of the most shockingly this guy isn't leaving a fingerprint um, scores I've ever heard from anyone who I've followed as closely as Danny Elfman. Um, I think he's a fascinating artist. I'll love him forever. I will I will always be like a little curious about what he does. But I also think sometime between like 2006 and now. He's done very, 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 very few things that I thought were memorable or interesting in terms of like new original pieces of film music. Um, if you're if you're talking about what are the iconic Danny Elfman works, you are really you're talking about things that happened between 1985 and like 2002, 2009. If you're being generous and you're including The Wolfman. I didn't think I had that much to say about Danny Elfman. I would pay good money to hear Jamie Dornan try to say Oingo Boingo in an American accent. She had a gun. <laughs> I can't hear it that much, as much as you guys can. It's it's definitely better, this movie. Um, there are still the moments when, like, he hits the... the he tries to hit the R in a very, Amer- in a very American way. Um, and there... 
are a couple of moments. There's one point at which he says um, uh, someone was taken to hospital, which I guess no one caught. Um, They're like, that's fine. He just missed an article. <laughs> yeah, the subtitles say to the hospital, but that's not that's not what my my uh, <laughs> my star of 2021's Belfast said. Um, that's funny. And and there are a couple of moments where like. He just puts the emphasis on the not necessarily American word, like when he says, "like we're gonna, we're gonna." She's getting the help that she needs. She said, "He says we're getting her the help that she needs." Mm-hmm. And it's like that, but like I mean, that's so that's so nitpicky. And you know, if you cast me as like um, Irish abuse of hot th- heart throb, I don't. I certainly wouldn't do a better job at that. <laughs> I hear Irish is like one of the harder ones to trick like the native speakers if you're ever trying to trick irish people <laughs> you know when you're just bored on a friday night we just watched eight movies about how hard it is to trick irish people <laughs> they do not take to it kindly warwick slang doesn't even do it <laughs> I know. Yeah. warwick um, gave up before the first movie started filming. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to make up my own one. <laughs> you know what? We were talking about Danny Elfman and his music in this, and, and Becky was given a big a big thumbs down. I want to know what reactions you were having to the... Because I, I don't want to be monopolizing reactions to film music on, on the show. I barely notice them, so I think it's appropriate that you do because, like, you are have a very trained ear and, like, you have a love for, like, movie music in a way that, like, I don't even notice it's there because maybe it's doing its job and making me feel yeah, feelings. that's fair. But I noticed it. Like, it just came off a bit. Uh, and maybe it wasn't even the music he was composing. Maybe it was some of, like, the soundtrack songs. I honestly don't know. But some it just struck me as, like, hella corny. I think yeah. one part you did miss for a second when you were on the phone was that I, I was saying is that this movie is like I like it because it's like a really well made like softcore porn and it's like mm. good you know and like the music comes in like right when it should and like that's why it's corny um, whereas like the last movie was like a movie that wasn't that good that's a fucking very interesting point I think because like I don't know I was I was thinking about I really really worry that I was too generous to the first movie in the interest of trying to counterbalance the discourse about it and that I let it off the hook for being for having just some freaky harmful shit in there in the interest of you know, no, this movie isn't supposed to be the mascot for BDSM, but right. Very, uh, there was an uptick in like dumb people getting hospitalized by like whatever spreader bars or, you know, butthole balls or whatever they're called. What um, are these for? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, don't put them in your mouth, Miss Steele. Um, <laughs> uh, oh no, wait, no, that's stupid. He does put them in her mouth, so yeah. I was I was wrong. I hope he did. Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> I, do, put them in your. I'm so sorry. <laughs> goofed it. <laughs> hope I cleaned these since Layla used them. Um, <laughs> you know, like this is another case of a movie where I want the good version of this. I think it's like this movie. 
the the thing that's actually going on structurally is that this is a straight to DVD dance movie only instead of dance sequences they're fucking and yes. that's that's typically called porn it's almost like a musical it's almost like a musical and i am down for a studio making a movie that's like honey too for fucking i just don't want it to be abjectly evil yeah I yeah i don't yeah. want it to be like gender roles presented by general electric and <laughs> comcast or whoever owned universal when this came out i don't fucking know <laughs> it really is that though it's so crazy like the stuff that he does like i don't even think we mentioned yet that she was like okay so before her boss reveals himself to be like the the actual devil he well he's starting to and he's like you gotta book a room for the work trip uh the assistant's expected to come unless you want to hang back with your boyfriend and she's like you know she's such a little feminist she was like oh my god she texts she texts christian she's like i have to go like she's already defensive like she texts him she's like it's something i need to do and he says the answer is no that's the first thing he says and she sort of just like kind of rolls her eyes about it and i'm like that is so evil <laughs> to yeah. tell your girlfriend she can't go on a work trip now let's be honest like you know like he's got the profile the guy's no good news <laughs> mm-hmm. but like <laughs> just generally that's so gross there's so many gross mm-hmm. things that he does and then he'll but then he kind of i get tricked by him too because he really like does care for her and worry about her but he's absolutely toxic he reminds me of people i used to love where they were just like not healed yet like but like that's him but like he'll be healed when he's like 56 you know (laughs) um like he like maybe there's a good per i like okay i feel like there's a this is my hot take i think christian gray could be a good person but he's way too repressed and has like Ref- like evil reflexes and possessive reflexes but i i do feel the way that jamie portrays him i don't think he's like an evil villain i just think he's like way too toxic and boring for any of this effort who's who's to say what what this version of christian gray will be like 10 years down the line um i i have a hard time imagining him being not a super villain you know it just, it feels like he is so, I'm not saying you were saying he's on his way to being a good person. He's going to heal one day. Um, it's just like, it feel it feels like E.L. James feels like he is really, really already very close to healing. And like, it, it's not going to take that much growth for him to get there. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's weird. The things that like, loving couples simulate with each other all the time in bdsm sex play is like it's it's weird it's like christian and anna are actually kind of like the inverse of healthy couples that do bdsm where they like in in their actual interpersonal like bond with one another yes yeah they are there, there's, there's like an equality and a respect and a partnership and a mutual empowerment 
um, or or listening or support or exchange of boundaries that goes on there. Yeah. And then within this like arranged finite uh, little ooh naky game that they play with each other. It's like what if what if we pretend for forty five minutes that I'm a real jerk and <laughs> or something like that. Within Anna and Christian, it's like the 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 actual like beating and flogging is this thing that he has to get out of his system so that one day he can be normal and have a nice healthy relationship where he 100% owns a human being. Yeah, like if the you, you assuming a relationship with this person is I think I can stop wanting to hit women who look like my mother. <laughs> Whoa. Like yeah. Maybe you should ask why that should be. Yeah. <laughs> why why that is even entering the equation, you know? That shouldn't be something that should like No, I'll <laughs> I'll backburner that. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I think there's something broken about me that like I still see like why he's like good. I mean, because I really do feel like the actor cared for Dakota and like that's coming through. Yeah. Um, yeah. That must be what I'm feeling because when I watch this movie, he gives air of supervillain and like does supervillainy things, but that yeah. isn't how I viewed him, which is also why I think I like this movie because I feel like they had a relationship in this one. Whereas in the last yeah. movie, he felt so much more like a supervillain to me who was just like, sign the contract. And I was just like, oh my God, like fucking fart. I bet you don't. Like, I just feel like he was just like, like, a actual robot so i don't know it's really interesting performance is so I, complicated I you, you yeah. know um but yeah he definitely wiring money after someone told you not to like that's kind of evil <laughs> like mm-hmm. i don't know no that makes complete sense to me like your your reaction to like the 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 way that jamie dornan gives this guy all of the all of the textures and details of, like, someone who you could actually see someone, like, trusting, like, feeling safe around. And, like, the... That that makes complete, complete fucking sense to me. I, I think that's... I think that's a normal human reaction to what I think he actually does pull off with this performance. And, like, you know, the background of this is we, we all read um, at least excerpts from... Uh, a Vanity Fair article on Dakota Johnson that at the time of this recording came out like yesterday morning. Oh, really? I didn't realize it was that recent. It was very recent. Um, her, her using the word psychotic to describe the experience of working on the Fifty Shades movies is um, something that it seems like she's only <laughs> been able to do like pretty recently. And she was um, in Suspiria. And she yeah. said that about these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, what were what did y'all think were like the Becky? You were you were kind of referencing that it sounds like she and Jamie Dornan were able to work out this kind of like steady like working relationship with each other um, that that made those scenes shootable and that they were able to like protect each other, but like. Are there, are there any other, like, big takeaways that are, like, pod-worthy? I hadn't heard the rumors that... I, I, haven't, I haven't seen these movies before, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I hadn't heard the rumors that they couldn't stand each other, you know? Sure. And that's... I, I, read, I read a few reviews that were saying, like, they had no chemistry. I don't agree with that, actually. Yeah. I think that maybe in the last one you could argue that, but I really feel like they did have something here. Like, I was feeling, like, a lot of, like, passing energy between the two human beings. And I can surmise from that um the excerpts that you sent us from the interview like she's claims to have a good relationship and that they tried to protect each other and to me i feel like that is probably what made the relationship on screen even an an iota feasible because those characters are cardboard cutouts they are I don't think it would be possible to create it out of like simply imagination and like actor actors thinking, you know, like that's just like two people trying to get through like the most bizarre job of all time. Yeah, yeah. And I mean this this is like pure presupposition on my and part mine like as well. you know, <laughs> like but part of what can really like unfortunately and I don't think that this is any way to go about doing any kind of business. But unfortunately, something that can foment like uh, chemistry, you know, on stage or on film, in whatever sense—not even necessarily romantic—is when you are going through um, a shit show with another actor who gets it. Yeah. Like if you, you know, if you are just sitting there with a colleague who also understands that what you're being subjected to is incredibly bizarre. Um, that can very much like result in results and again not saying that's any way to do things don't do that but like i wouldn't be surprised if this movie's position um after having had a very fraught first production it sounds like and another very fraught but in a very different way uh, production for this one i i wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the reason that i think the relationship is portrayed a bit more successfully yeah there's beautifully that, put totally i think there's got to be a real bond that was built here um at least that's what it feels like and from what she said i and yeah like dixon said i just don't know how you couldn't if you're going through something like that and you're you have the same mindset about it but I don't know. It's really interesting. It made a super evil billionaire seem kind of palatable in certain moments. He's just like you and me. He's <laughs> well, and and we should we should say in case it hasn't come up before. As far as billionaires go, Christian is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the stuff Christian does with his money is uh, nice. Good. Mm-hmm. Africa. Yeah, he he Af- he's he knows of it. His, he bought his girlfriend's job. Yeah. <laughs> he bought Africa. <laughs> he bought a poster for the Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> I forgot about Why that. did he, though? <laughs> that was so bizarre. Why is it featured so prominently? <laughs> what is that saying about how he fucks? <laughs> he doesn't make love. He he falks. F a u w g h. I hope they do an HD remaster of the PC version of Chronicles of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay. 
My gamer chair has a butt plug in the seat. <laughs> I hope to develop the Kegel strength to carry my gamer chair around with me while I attend my many duties as CEO. <laughs> How y'all feel about uh, me sharing some me sharing some people who uh, think much the same as we do in terms of the quality of this movie, which we're all saying ten out of ten. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I feel good um, about okay. it. I do have one thing to say, which is yeah. owning women is bad, mostly unless <laughs> they marry you. <laughs> <laughs> then. <laughs> You <laughs> got it on th- paper. Then it's you're married. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's you're married. So so take that, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point. This really would be a much stronger movie if Christian were two and a half feet shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fuck you into next week. Um, so if I take you into the red room, what we're presupposing is that I'm, I will tell you what this device is. Now, what this does is, um, well, it's all right on right there on the tin, actually, is that it spreads your legs. It is called a spread. Um, hence, you'll notice the two sort of cuffs on the end of it. Um, have you ever adjusted a curtain before? Um, the mechanism by which to do that is much the same. Uh, li- liberals like to say that uh, I'm a dominator. <laughs> I'm a sadist, okay? Yeah, we 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 should we should say Neil. A <laughs> dream of me. Um <laughs> I have we should move on to reviews and we should wrap this up and get the fuck out of here. The the only the only lingering thoughts I have are um, I don't know what Christian Grey's politics are, um, but they're but they're bad. Um, if if there's, um, I feel like Christian Grey would probably like go onto Twitter and and be like pronouns are stupid. Except he wouldn't say stupid. He would like say the R word, um, <laughs> and like a like a bunch of people with like Pepe in their avatar would be like, who's one of us? Um, and and they're like they're like sharing pictures of Anna with each other, and they're and they're like, why can't I have her? Um, this movie, feminist queen, feminist queen. Um, I don't I don't know, man. I'm I'm glad we all had fun with it. I thought this was when I watched it. I I was watching it with a smile on my face, but I was also just like, y'all might disagree. I think this is the worst movie we've ever covered. Ooh, interesting. Mm. I don't know I, if I agree with that, but I, I will easily say Easily challenged. I'll watch it again, so maybe not. <laughs> That's true. I, yeah. I think I would still... I know this is one I hammer a lot, um, but I think it deserves it. I still... I think I'd put either of the Bridget Jones sequels. This makes uh, Bridget Jones' The Edge of Reason look like Francis Ha. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> They're both about friendship. 
<laughs> both about about navigating your way through the bustling city life <laughs> as a well Seattle um it's about women in the arts <laughs> <laughs> well you can smoke inside here Adam Driver I feel like a bad mom gosh only <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think Edge of Reason was two. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I hated that so much. Like I hated watching it. Like I liked watching this. So yeah. I I think I that that's that may be true, but I think I just have a lot of a, a more visceral reaction to the insistence that the the horrible racist awful things yeah. the lead is doing are funny and good as opposed to just good. <laughs> You know, yeah, I can I can get on board with that. It's weird that none of us are are contending whether or not Bridget Jones is like better or worse than Saving Christmas. <laughs> like, I like, mean, that's, that's not... like unfair. Like, like, the, like I'm that's proud of sa- I'm proud of Saving Christmas for like being made. <laughs> <laughs> it's. It's like it's like the little nuke that could. <laughs> Fundamentally not good. Wish it weren't here, but look at it fly. It's like if your uncle won the lottery. It's his dream film <laughs> <laughs> that he made. Like I'm proud of that for them. Bridget. Yeah. Bridget Edge of Reason is like I know people who will like fucking step in front of a, like a train for that movie and I just don't understand it. They would get I'd step by in a front- boss for that movie. Yeah, and it's like, okay, oh, I'll step in front of a train for saving Christmas because uncles deserve movies too. Well, I would stand in front of a train. I would just get in there and see. <laughs> just lay down. Well, then maybe, you know, if I did that, if I, if I just prove my devotion, you know, maybe, you know, Master will let me sleep in his bed. Dixon, what were the reviews that you found? <laughs> I want you to go back in time and get pizza delivered. <laughs> um, well, I think something that we've all been saying is that it is a true film telling the truth of the nature of both genders. Huh? huh. No. Yeah. I mean, excellent sequel. Continue telling the truth, the the truth about relationships between women and men. Dakota and Dorian are excellent. The script is solid and true. That's why I like it. Absolute truth about how both genders feel and act in relationship. Men are dominant and women are needy. Simple and easy like that. Hope to watch a trilogy soon. Oh no! I didn't realize that this would empower them. Oh no! Well, well, I mean, they're not the only person who saw this movie. A good movie. I'm going to be honest, so I'm not going to say that I loved it 100%. I'm not really into romantic <laughs> movies, but I watched this one because of the songs that are in it. <laughs> but besides that, great acting as well. Of course, my favorite parts, like anyone else's, when the thriller comes on, and by thriller you know what I mean. No, I don't. Best movie, Fifty Shades Darker. Love the movie. Best wishes to Anna and Christian on their love, which they'll have to face many obstacles. Smiley face. Whoa! Hopefully Christian can get through his past and be the man that Anna needs in her life as well as everyone else's. Nothing is impossible with hard work and to be around those who care for you and wish you the best of luck in life. Me signing, Smiley face. Me signing a seashell at their wedding. 
I was like, dropping is he it. giving a speech at their wedding? <laughs> dropping it in the little, like, vase of seashells. Oh, my God. Oh, this, this is mine uh, that I would drop in the vase. When you are watching, you can clearly feel the emotions what Chris and Anna feel. I'm looking forward to the end of the story. Chris and Anna. When you are watching, you can clearly feel the emotions what Chris and Anna feel. I'm looking forward to the end of the story. When you are watching, you can clearly feel the emotions what Chris and Anna feel. I'm looking forward to the end of the story. Three out of 16 found this helpful. Is that just like a Gregorian chant that you do while you like light candles? You. When you are watching, you can clearly feel the emotions what Chris and Anna feel. I want to go back to the smiley face. That happened after he said that they will face challenges. Did Elena write this review? <laughs> so passive aggressive. Have to face many obstacles. <laughs> They'll be facing many obstacles. Hope your helicopter doesn't crash. Oh, wait! I didn't. The review wasn't. Could never match up to the title. But there's one more I saved. Ten out of ten. Better than the movie. <laughs> The movie is much better than the movie. (laughs) Uh, I can't believe they're making a movie. I hope they stick close to the movie. I would love to see a trilogy. I would love to see a trilogy. I would love to see a trilogy. You know, they should really make a film out of these movies. (laughs) That is is somehow the deepest cut insult they could possibly make on a movie. It's like, I can't wait until someone adapts this into a movie. That is the, the most fucked up thing you could say about a movie. I hope someone makes a movie out of Pan's Labyrinth. Like, that's Damn. Such a, like, no, I'm kidding. That's no, I know, I know. That's those, just like... like just I like, just wish Anna and Chris like the best on their journey. <laughs> Spend some time with Anna and Chris. I When he says when the thriller comes on, and you know which one you I mean... Know what I, He's talking about the Coldplay cover by Corinne Bailey Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Fellas, bring out the crowd pleaser. (laughs) Corinne Bailey Ray with her little ukulele singing about a bubbles my nose and a tinkle my coat and a tinkle my (laughs) coat. A bubbles. Wait, is that her? Is she the one who does the uh, bu- uh, bubble the goose? Isn't it? I... Isn't it the one who wrote Waitress? What's her name? Foot Sarah Bareilles. Sarah? Oh, I don't think it is. Footloose and a footloose, <laughs> kick up the Sunday juice. I'm looking forward to the end of the story. When you are watching, you can clearly <laughs> feel the emotions. Christmas. <laughs> Oh Christ! So it's like, mm, I couldn't clearly feel the emotions in that one. <laughs> I had to think about it. So zero out of ten. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All three. We go back in time. All three Beastie Boys take the stage. When you are watching, <laughs> you can clearly feel the emotions. <laughs> I just love emotion. I love emotion as like, oh, that was good because of the emotion. <laughs> this dude it is, makes me look forward to the end of the story. <laughs> he's putting on his big boy film criticism pants. He's talking about art. Talking about emotions. And like the good emotions make you like 
go like what happens at the end of the story (laughs) (laughs) and three people were like you know this helped me (laughs) (laughs) three people were like i think i'll want to watch the whole thing if i started (laughs) honey can we watch 50 shades darker Mm, hold on i need to check out the imdb reviews and see if you can feel the emotions of what chris and anna are going through in the movie i don't want to watch it if i can't feel the emotions this better be a true film telling the truth of the nature of both genders (laughs) (laughs) hollywood lot none of those hollywood lies (laughs) i Wait a second. What year did that review come out where he says both genders? Because if yeah. he says that post like 2019, then yeah. that's like. <laughs> We're going to fucking cancel IMDb <laughs> user Mutazi Coot. Mutazi Coot? I'm coming Mutazi. for you, Buster. It's a spectrum, Mutazi. Come on. I actually watched. <laughs> I was just watching Stillwater with Mutazi. <laughs> <laughs> and we were both watching it. And he, and he was like, I can't really feel the emotions of Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. That's the exact... I don't want to, like, make this about me. But the amount of money that he wired her is the exact amount of tuition that i owe so oh wow if that happened to me i would say i would have like maybe i would have proposed because i'm a feminist (laughs) and i reverse roles all the time so that's just what i would have done what would y'all have done i would (laughs) listener can't see the little thousand yard stare that, that Becky gave us a couple glimpses of real quick. Alright, I'd buy a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I would think we could call it there. Alright, everyone, buy a gun. Alright, everybody. Dead horse, Dead horse says buy Dead. guns. <laughs> Dead horse says if, you, if your boyfriend gives you money, buy a gun. Buy a gun. Thank you, Master. I'm going to keep recording to say this one thing, and you can leave it or cut it. I don't know, but it's so fucked up that actually the most egregious sin of the movie is Laters, baby. In a wild It doesn't belong anywhere. He would never say it. They leave it in the first movie. It doesn't give me anything except I'm going to buy a gun. Dead Horses, Dixon, Becky, and PJ. You can find us on Instagram at Dead Horse Podcast. Uh, we'd like to thank Max Huffman for our album art, and we would like to implore you to rate us five stars on the Apple Podcasts app or Spotify app, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, uh, I edited this and did the bad music. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>